Welcome to Zen Bones. This is Mark Lesser. Zen Bones is a bi-weekly podcast featuring conversations with leading teachers and activists and an exploration of Zen teachings and practices. Please support our work by making a donation at marklesser.net slash donate. My guest today is Henry Shukman, who is a poet, writer, and Zen teacher. He's also the author of a best-selling Zen memoir called One Blade of Grass. And Henry is the guiding teacher of the Mountain Cloud Zen Center in Santa Fe, New Mexico. In today's episode, we talk about grace, the grace of acknowledging and living from the perspective that everything is gift. We talk about the tension of practicing with money, success, and failure, and working skillfully with our many motivations, all in the context of grace. I hope you enjoy today's episode. I'm very pleased to be here with my new but good friend, Henry Shuckman. And Henry, welcome. Nice to see you. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Mark. It's, it's an honor and a joy. I, as I mentioned, I really enjoyed your book, One Blade of Grass, the Zen, Zen memoir. And I, I read it some time ago, and I, I read it, kind of dove in again yesterday, and I really, really appreciated it. And as I mentioned, the word that, that I want to start this morning talking about is grace. And I think there's something about, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that people usually associate Zen practice with grace, but I do. And it sounds like you do. And, and, and I often, when people ask me like, well, what is Zen? There's many, many answers. But to me, it's a code word for being fully human, being fully human. And, and maybe I would add to that and living, living with grace. And I'm curious about how you decided to to end your end your book with talking about grace yes mark my first response to that particular question that that you just posed is that i can't remember actually how and why it went that way at the end but i can certainly resonate a lot with the idea that a deep practice probably of any kind, a deep spiritual practice, must include space for grace. It must include an awareness of grace as a, I mean, we should get into what we mean by it exactly, but definitely that our very, our very existence is a kind of grace. It's a, it's a gift. That, and I think that etymologically grace comes from gratia, which is all about gratitude and thanks, and that grace is a sort of, is a is a con, seems to be a kind of condition of various kinds that is that, that just where we recognize something is freely given and that could be of course insight or certain kinds of experience on the spiritual path but it could be it could be all all manner of thing that that really all of our life is in the end a gift which is not to say that it always is easy, not at all. But from the practitioner's point of view, I think to recognize more and more as we go along that it is all, all to be experiencing at all, that 
anything that we're experiencing somehow, the very fact of experience, is just a, a mysterious gift. It's a mysterious yeah, giving somehow. Yeah, yeah and there's a, a beautiful talk from Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. I think, that, I think it's called God Given, and where Shinru Suzuki just so be- beautifully describes how, as you're just doing beautifully right now, that everything, everything has been given to us. We take for granted, right, these consciousness and our bodies and minds or these, these hands, these hands of ours or these noses of ours. And yeah, that everything, everything is gift. And I think that's the, maybe that's the real, the Zen, the, the Zen magic or the Zen trick is to, to take that, that concept and embody it. For to make and again, I think that's an ongoing. For me, that's an ongoing practice, rather than being upset or complaining about things or feeling anxious or fear, and somehow taking even all those those worries and emotions and putting them inside the context of those are gifts. Those are gifts too. Those are even those are are gifts. Yes, yes, I fully agree. And somehow it seems to me that I can't do that without some kind of shift in perspective. Or if I try to do that, it invites a shift in perspective. If I remember to do that in a time of overwhelm or time of of anxiety or frustration or disappointment or something, if I remember this too is a gift, it's, it's inviting this, I, I feel like it's a critical kind of shift in perspective so that we're inviting in a wider view, something like that, that is more capacious, that allows for more or potentially all of our humanness. So I want to come back to this concept of grace. And, and I wonder, what is, what is bringing grace to your life these days? What, what are you up to? I know you're. I know you have a lot. I know you're writing. I know you are doing some really interesting things in the work world. I'm not sure what, how much of that you feel ready to talk about, but I'm curious about like what's what's happening in your life these days, and and particularly through the lens, maybe through the lens of grace or through the lens of challenges or anything that feels most alive for you right now. <laughs> Well, thank you. That's a lovely invitation. I have actually, I do, I am working on a new book, which is very nearly at a copy editing stage that will come out next, next, mid next year. And so that's been, that was a very sort of, actually a very grace filled project. It, it really was a book that felt like it kind of came by itself and it, and it found its own way it's been finding its own way into the world, so to speak, although it's not there quite yet. But it was, it was very much one of those books that I had to just sort of receive and accept that it wanted to be the way it wanted to be. And I was its sort of servant. I was its uh, humble scribe kind of thing. It more or less felt more like that. And so that was a, uh, I'm very happy to have been able to help this particular work in come into the world. It's not, as I said, fully there yet, but it's on its way. 
So that that's one thing that I'm I'm up I've been up to, but I've also been well, <laughs> yeah, something like like many of us in the world of teaching meditation. I I've been much more sort of online these last three years and teaching online courses for the first time. I'd never done such a thing before actually until COVID came and lockdown came along in early. 2020 and Mountain Cloud Zen Center, where I'd been the, the the spiritual director for 12 or 13 years or so, pivoted quickly and and we went online and it was it was it was a revelation really how how effective it could be and of course it's different but it it has its own place that kind of online forum but it's 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 led us to the point where we've we've got into a position where we're we're, we're building an app. And that's a whole new thing again. And how to, yeah, how to, wow, how to get the the core of the teaching that I really like to try to convey into app form is a, it's a challenge, and it's, there's lots of iteration has already happened, and and we're in the earliest days, and it's it's quite it's quite a it's quite a thing actually to be to be sort of wrestling with and that's something i look forward to discussing with you actually mark at some point i'd really love your wisdom on this kind of thing and there's there's a great team that we, we've got actually i'm more or less twice the age of everybody else in the team <laughs> and, and this it's actually yeah there's a lot of dynamic positive energy around it but but yeah how to succeed in making it do what i really would like it to do is is very challenging mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, interesting how it's it's a little bit difficult in some way. COVID, there's so many deaths and so much suffering. So without without glossing over that, at the same time, it's changed for people like us, for people who teach and do courses. I too, I was, I would say that my my world was 100% in person prior to COVID, and now it's. It's almost 100% online, although I'm just starting, just starting to do some in-person things. But like today, after after this discussion, I'm teaching an online course, a mindful leadership course with uh, 60 60 people from all around the all around the world. And it's I miss. I have to say, I miss the in-person contact. And at the same time, it talk about grace, grace and possibility, quite, quite something. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to learn a lot more. Both. I look forward to seeing more about your next book and, and wonder if it ha- it must have a title, it sounds like, and also to learn more about your, this app, app project, right? Spreading, spreading the, spreading the Dharma, using, using technology to spread grace, to spread the Dharma. Yes, yes. Actually, the book is called Original Love. And in a certain sense, it's all about grace, actually. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a fortuitous thing that we landed on that topic, or that you did. Thank you for that. Um, but um, I'll, 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 uh, I won't say a whole lot about it right now. But the app, I mean, I think it's, I just heard Richie Davidson a few months ago giving a talk at one of the mind and life sessions in in Santa Fe, actually at Lupaya Zen Center, saying that clearly tech is sort of part of the modern problem with all the rampant things that go on on social media and elsewhere. But but it also must be part of the solution. And 
how it seems like we've simply got to find ways of scaling what these practices have to offer for human nervous systems. The, the planet needs, needs that, and this kind of scaling that we need, what could really do it more swiftly and effectively better than, than tech? So I think there's a, there is a, a as, as we know already, of course, there's a, there's a great market for meditation apps. <laughs> and I, I'm, we're hoping in our little one that there's a market for a different kind of meditation app that is, that is more concerned with sort of, I hope it doesn't sound too, too uh, bragging or something, but kind of deeper practice, not, not just treatment for particular kinds of minor, effectively minor mental health issues. I think that's immensely valuable and fantastic. And I've, I've benefited very much from that myself, but there is the deeper path as well. And I believe that something of that can actually be conveyed without being in person. I, I don't know that you can, well, it remains to be seen how far you can go without some in-person contact. But I believe that there's some way that you can go. And yeah, so yeah. that's our, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been, as I've been thinking about the courses that I want to offer for next year, I, I'm noticing I'm starting to um, cook up what I think of as hybrid, hybrid events that are primarily online, but that do have an in-person component to them. Uh, but yeah, I, and and I don't mean to be dismissive about, about the world of, of online meditation apps, but I've, I've been referring to them lately as the gateway drug to, to meditation that, that I do think for, I think for a lot of people, the apps that are available online are an introduction, get people introduced to meditation practice so I'm really curious to learn more about what you're doing, this, this aspiration to go deeper. I think there is a, is a real need and possibility of, of you have this question. And it's the question I'm often asking myself when I'm teaching online is, how can I create depth, connection, intimacy in this, in this online world? Because it's easy to just say, oh, it's not possible. But... Mm. Who knows? Who knows what's? Who knows what's possible? Yes, exactly. And really, we're dealing with another human being, whether it's sixty online or whatever, that that or six thousand or on an app or or, or six hundred thousand or sixty million. You know, the case of Headspace or something. It's still human beings, and. And they're making their own discoveries about what it is to be human and, and what it is to be conscious and who am I and what is my relationship with the world. Each of those human beings can be making those explorations. And yeah, there's nothing like sitting in a silent zendo together. True. But on the other hand, there's something that can be conveyed sort of person to person through the voice, through shared stillness, wherever you are. Because we're all, in a sense, here. <laughs> somehow the here that we're each in is somehow 
the same here on some level. <laughs> yes, so I think yes. there is. And you, you are in you're in Scotland right now, right? And <laughs> yes, I am. And I'm I'm, I'm actually in, in the I'm in yeah, North, I'm in Northern California. I wanted just to put a go back, and you, you mentioned the name Richie Davidson, and not everyone listening might not be familiar with him. He is one of the leading scientists who's been studying mindfulness and meditation now for many years. runs runs an organization out of University of Madison, Wisconsin, and yeah, I got to know Richie. Some he was on my board when I was CEO of the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute, and very special, smart, sweet man. Yes, quite a deep practitioner himself. I would I would say he's done a lot of Tibetan, I think, zogchen practice. So it's interesting. The first book that I wrote was called ZBA Zen of Business Administration, and in the first chapter is called "We Are All Zen Students, and We're All Business People," and that there's no avoiding there's no avoiding being a Zen student because basically Zen is about how to be a human being. And we're subject to to birth and death, and 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 we're all business people, in that we all have to live in the world of money and paying the bills and 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 business. Basically, I would define businesses how we can have how we serve people through products or services. Mm-hmm. But I'm I I'm feeling like you're you're about to step more into even more into becoming a business person. You're launching this. Thing which I'm sure has there's a business plan and there's there's um, financial projections and and maybe influence projections. So how, how's how's that feeling as you're t- stepping into that world more? Yeah, it's it's definitely a shift. I mean, I've been, I think I probably kind of kidded myself that I wasn't a business person it, in terms of what you were just saying for much of my life I, I especially in the last decade and a half or so while I've been primarily teaching meditation a chunk of that time I really was deeply in the sort of non-profit side and happy to receive the support I received and and felt that I, I was just giving what I could give of the Dharma as I had received it the best I could and happy to do so, and it was great. It was great to get some dana. It was great to get support, but it wasn't. I wasn't thinking of it as a sort of exchange exactly. But now, with yeah, with with venture capital and with with a team and the salaries and uh, and actually, I'm not yet taking a salary myself, but I, I'm going to have to. I think next year, as I'm more involved. Wow, it's different. <laughs> there is this sense that I, mean, I think the hardest thing for me actually that I'm wrestling with really, and this is something that I, I, I would love to delve, delve into your wisdom around at some point, is really the difference between just freely offering and because it's an offering, it's really free. I can do kind of what I'm moved to do in the moment and not feel too sort of restricted in the forms that I, or the, the way I'm offering things, just let the Dharma come through the way it wants to kind of thing. I love being able to do that. Whereas in this case, it's, it's got to be more strategic. You know, I don't exactly know who's going to be in the receiving end. And I could do certain things that just will put people off and, and we don't want that. And there's more thought about 
ah, how to, how to, how to make this work for a wider range of unknown people. But I, I, I f- still feel I sort of, I want to just trust it's human to human, which it is, but it's somehow there's a, there's something I'm wrestling with about, yeah, some piece of the equation is different in a way that I haven't yet found my way to be fully comfortable with. I'm, I'm kind of, that's a challenge point that I'm working on. Well, it's interesting. I mean, even in my experience, and I'm curious of, of yours, in writing a book, even, in some way, it's art, right? It's art, and, and it's just completely expressing oneself without any real, like, oh, is this going to, how is the world going to receive this? But, we are writing the book for the people who are going to receive it out in the, in the world. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Any, any, any art, any has that, there's that interesting tension around pure, pure expression, pure offering, mm. pure grace. And maybe it's not as pure as it looks or, <laughs> or nothing is not, there are, there are many, many, motivations for whatever whatever we do i think has many many motivations i think a beautiful thing about in some way uh maybe a meditation practice could be described as putting aside one's motivations there may be motivations that bring you to the cushion but once you're on the cushion you let it go and maybe that's similar to writing or doing an app and, and finding that, that place of letting go and seeing what happens, but also then stepping back and seeing, oh, how, how is my practice going? How is my meditation practice? How's it, how's it working? How's my writing going? How, how am I doing? How am I doing as a parent? Um, and, you know, those, those kinds of ongoing, I think, reflections. I do think I was I, I I saw a study recently. I think this was by one of Daniel Kahneman, who wrote yeah. Thinking Fast and Slow. That as soon as we say the word money, the word money primes people toward greed, or primes primes us away from grace in a way. So I think this is I think this is part of real deep Zen practice is to how to undo that. How, how can we, because we have to work in the world of money and getting things done, and how can we transform that kind of priming to be much more graceful, much more one of offering, to be aware to bring awareness to the multiple motivations, but to keep bringing forward the motivation, I think, of grace, the motivation of, of one's offering, while at the same time recognizing that there are other, we, we, not, to, not to suppress or pretend that there aren't other ways that we need, other context, other motivations that we need to at least be aware of. That's very beautifully put. Thank you. The, yeah, the reminder that even in that weave of multiple 
contexts and motivations of context that there, there can be that, yeah, coming back to it's a gift, it's an offering. Whereas you're right, it's so clear to me as a writer and as a meditation teacher in the context in which I've done it up till now. I think it's just a little bit of VC pressure. I haven't quite learned to navigate. Yeah. It's new. It's just yeah. very new. Well, this is... Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is... I mean, one of the lessons I've learned is it's about finding the right VCs, the right, like, people, partnering partnering with people who whose primary motivation is about offering and grace and whose maybe secondary off secondary motivation is about the finance the financial piece but that's tricky well it's, actually i must a, say really i think tricky. yes i think we've actually been extraordinarily lucky in that regard we've got a wonderful company true ventures and they've just been spectacular it's more me that i'm just i'm just, <laughs> it's, it's something in my psychology being handed this large check and 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 ah, gotta be somehow gotta i'm working on it i'm working on it on my my to, i bet yeah. that's a really yeah. good reminder to keep coming back that it's just an offering it is you're absolutely right yeah no I, I think that there's something I think really useful about that merging of that sense of responsibility, having having to course in the world of success and failure without getting caught by the world of success and failure. And that's I think I think that is a, a really important part of practice part part of practice i've i'm still i'm still very involved with the san francisco zen center and i'm i i i get involved with looking looking at board issues financial issues strategic issues of a zen of a zen community and it's nice it's nice as a newer student to come in and not have anything to do with any of those and just practice right and there's a way that I think senior people can protect newer people from all of that. But at some point, at some point, as we mature and grow and develop in our practice, there's a way of the the aspiration to tra- transform all of those issues into practice, I think is the, the a beautiful thing. Is part 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 of grace, part of this practice of grace is transforming these many, many motivations, but, but staying with as much sense of grace and offering right in the world of venture capital and money and success and failure. Yes. Yes. That's wonderfully put. Yes. Thank you. Yes. After all, that's the, yes, the, I mean, that really is, getting closer to the reality of things actually when we when we stay uh, grounded in our practice and yeah. wow yeah and in the turmoil of the marketplace that's it really isn't it yeah and it's hard yeah i i, I my many years ago i started a publishing company and called brush dance and we had many ups and downs and 
and and I do I do feel like Zen practice, the practice of grace, really did get me through some very very difficult difficult times where we we launched we launched a dot we a dot com right as the dot com the era of the about the year two thousand was imploding. <sighs> And, and it was it was a really really painful difficult time for me working with my my investors and and the world of success and failure it's always great to look back to look back at it like wow that was so valuable I learned so much but when I was in it it was it was hard there was there's a good deal of tears tears and stress and anxiety that I experienced within within hard to keep the uh, perspective of practice and grace while while in it, it's a little bit like getting tossed out of the out of one's uh, raft into the churning waters of the river and yeah. keep and just trusting, trusting and keeping keeping one's head above the water. Yes, and then getting yes. submerged and coming back up. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. Trust seems to be a key word in there, actually, doesn't it? Where we and, and how mm-hmm. how when things are difficult, how how we might well lose trust and lose our sense of thing, a sense of practice, and yeah. and the grace of that, yeah. and then just a little granule of trust will be enough to perhaps might be enough to bring us back. Yeah. 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 Well, I wish you much success and learning. And, and transformation, both in your upcoming, with your next book and, and this app that you're in the midst of, midst of creating. Ah, thank you very much. And I'm very grateful for this time with you, Mark. And I'm very awed by your many spectacular projects, ongoing and prior and all, all of them. Yeah, it's very impressive, the, this. Well, thank no, thank you, and, and I'm 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 very much wondering as I I'm looking at what's what's next. I'm I'm in the earlier stage of my next my next book is going to be about working with transitions, uh, change, uncertainty, and transitions. I'm st- I'm still it's still waiting waiting for grace to take take hold more of taking it to the next stage, but I. It's so interesting, right? I love all the different stages of book book development from from the idea, and then you're in that beautiful. I love the stage that you're in, where other people are doing the copy editing. What a beautiful thing to have that that team <laughs> of people making making it even making it even better. Yes, it's it's yeah. It can be it can be a lovely process. I must say, of course, always with its challenges, like like all great creative projects. I think they, they But this is a this yes. one has been particular kind of thing for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that this particular book has has been a different. It's been a different ride from any other book I've done. Actually, it was very, very much came by itself and very much sort of sort of I felt I had to just sort of serve it and not and the th- when I tried to do stuff to it it was resistant to it and I came very quickly in a few weeks and then 
I spent another year trying to write what I thought was the second half of it, which never really got right. And then suddenly I was, oh, it doesn't have a second half. It's done already. And <laughs> I needed to then do more work on it. So it's been a, it's been a strange process like that. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, interesting. And I, I, I have to say, I imagine you will make many, many discoveries along the way in this app business that you're, that you're creating. One, one, of my, one of my favorite business quotes is, let flexibility, oh, let, cash, let cash be your king, but let flexibility be your god. And, and it, it points to the importance of, of money, but the greater importance of responsiveness and learning and shifting from what we, what we do in the world of creating things, whether it's a book or a company or a team. Yeah, amazing to see how much we can learn by, by doing, by doing and paying, paying attention. That, I love that. Okay, I'm going to take that to heart. Let cash be your king and flexibility be your god. Lovely. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. Still, still works for me, Henry. I think that I want to. Well, let's see. I want to read a few lines actually from the epilogue of your last book, from One Blade of Grass, and then just see if you have any kind of parting parting words to as we wrap but i want to read where you say so is enlightenment real i've no idea but experiences whereupon space and time disappear and all is revealed as one infinite consciousness experiences that leave indelible beneficent changes in the psyche these are real Becoming more filled with love, more concerned for others, real. Lasting, positive character change. Meaning less aversion and anger, less craving and clinging, more ease with arising and passing of things as we live with less domination by self-centeredness, real. So, and I would say grace living the aspiration living with grace in the midst of a beautiful world, a troubled world, <laughs> real. It's all, it's all real. And being right here with you across the separated, separated, I suppose, by the Atlantic Ocean and who knows what else, but here we are face to face, real. Yeah. And I want to thank you. And I want to say, is there anything you'd like to say or just any offerings before we close for this. I think of this as part one, but anything you'd like to offer, Henry. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, one last thing, it just would be the tweak in the living with grace. I think my aspiration is to live by grace, like just really with that kind of deep trust that allows me to allow, that really allows me to allow. And wow, how, what, what that does to the human heart. Ah, and somehow to me, it's, it, 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 it coincides with, I happen to have weaker neurology these days because of an accident. And it's been so wonderful to find in a certain way, I need my head 
much less than <laughs> I think I do. And I'm really to, to just trust the human heart more and, and in whatever years remain to me to be allowing that heart to, to be living this life and, and not my little hard noggin. It's just, it's, and to be feeling able to trust that, that alone is a kind of grace for me. I love that, really. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. What a treat to get to spend this time with you, and I look forward to more. Thank you so much, Mark. A joy for me, and I look forward to more as well. I hope you've appreciated today's episode. To learn more about my work and my new book, Finding Clarity, you can visit marklesser.net. This podcast is offered freely and relies on the financial support from listeners like you. Please donate at marklesser.net slash donate. Thank you very much.